Views expressed on this program are those of the sponsors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Indices mentioned are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Asset allocation and diversification strategies cannot assure profit or protect against loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Capital Retirement Strategies and Cambridge Investment Research are not affiliated. All right, welcome to Plan for Life Now, episode number 68. How are you doing, Dave? I am good. When was the last time we did one of these podcasts? It seems like it's Uh, been a while. It's been a couple of weeks. It might take me a minute to find out when, but uh, yeah, it's been a couple of weeks. But I do think, I was counting these up, I think this is our seventh social distancing podcast. No, yeah, not that anybody cares, but well, that part's getting depressing since we basically <laughs> do these podcasts two two and a half weeks apart from each other. That means we've gone fourteen or fifteen weeks, which is about right, isn't it? Yeah. With this whole COVID nineteen social distancing thing. Well, I'll tell you. I mean, we did them, you know, much closer together than normal when everything was going down. Uh, but it has been since May twentieth since we did the last podcast so it's been almost a month so I, wow. I guess as everything has calmed down we've slowed down the uh producing the podcasts. yet you realize that when we do a bunch of podcasts in a row that's usually not good for the economy <laughs> yeah. or the stock market <laughs> right if you start all of a sudden getting a bunch of podcasts a bunch of emails from us saying hey don't worry everything's okay that's probably not good <laughs> That probably means that uh, something is going on out there. Um, all right, we got a couple things we wanted to hit on today. Um, I'll kind of dive right into the first thing that I wanted to talk about. I saw this article. Um, as always, I'll post a link down below here. And uh, I thought this was a perfect question to pose to everyone out there, which is the title of the article, When Should You Sell Your Stocks? And, you know, this is a <laughs> question that's been on everyone's mind the past couple of months, you know, when do you sell? And in particular, I saw this study, Dave, I don't know if you saw this come out the other day, it was in the Wall Street Journal, that Fidelity reported that one third of their investors, age 65 or older, sold all of their stock holdings between February and May. Wow, I did not see that. Yeah, that was... Wow. That was really shocking. And, you know, of I'm course, surprised by that. of course, a lot. And, and I was kind of curious to dig into some of the data to see, you know, were they talking about just brokerage accounts or retirement accounts? Does this include 401ks? So I don't know all the details behind that. Um, but, you know, this compares with overall, you know, so if you look at all age groups, it was about 18 percent of investors sold all of their stocks. Now, 
you know, what I would love to see digging into the data even further is, you know, what percentage of people didn't sell anything? You know, what percentage of people just said, you know what, it goes up, it goes down. I understand that, but I'm going to ride it out. Um, I would guess it's a really small percentage if they're telling us one third of investors or basically of baby boomers uh, sold everything. Yeah. I, you I, know what? What what is I think this is good. I mean, you know, we base a lot of our practice on volatile times like, you know, March and April and trying to convince our clients that it's not the right move to make a dramatic move in your portfolio during a, a downturn yeah, like that. That's what we do. That's what we say. That's what you've often said is the key to our whole job is to make sure you're not selling your stocks when the market is low. Yeah. Um, and if the survey was about our clients, I think we would be <laughs> very – how many clients of ours sold their stock when they're low? Well, I, I could think of one, and <laughs> there's nothing we could do about that, no matter how much we, you know, no matter what we say, one or two, you know, some people want to at, right. at the end of the day. But ultimately, our message has been let's develop a plan so that we can make a, a logical and extremely, you know, clear argument that you don't have to sell those stocks when you're low, when they're low, and that if you do, you're going to miss the upturn. And we've yep. prepared your portfolio that way. So thinking that a lot of advisors are advising their clients that, that's why I'm surprised about that number. Yeah, well, and I don't, like I said, I, I don't know what, who they're including. This is all retail investors if they include advisors who, you know, have their clients' accounts with Fidelity. I, I don't know what the data set is. Um, but regardless, whatever way you slice it, that was pretty shocking. Um, so the, the yeah, gist of the article. Yeah. I'm, I just want to interrupt you for a second. I'm going to make a prediction that of all of those mm-hmm. people, third, who just sold all their stocks during that period of time, I'm going to, I would love to know the percentage of those people who had a consistent financial advisor working with i would have a feeling the percentage of those of or low that yeah. very well, few of those people had a financial of someone who was their trusted financial advisor no and, and, and we guess. have I seen could be wrong that's just a guess no no no. i'm pretty sure you're not wrong because we've seen those reports before um if you remember the the one that vanguards put out year after year they call it advisors alpha um and vanguard's an interesting case study because they've got you know, whatever the numbers are now, it's $2 trillion worth of assets that are invested directly with with investors. And then they've got a trillion dollars in assets that's through advisors. And they put out this report every year called Advisors Alpha. And it's basically that extra amount, the extra return that the people tend to get when they have an advisor versus not. And the number, the most recent report I saw, is something like 3% per year. Um, and obviously that changes quite a bit, whether it's a volatile year or not. Um, but I, I'm sure your your hypothesis is correct on that one. Don't you think All right. that like our job is kind of like the dentist where you're always cleaning? Yeah, you got to come in every six months for a cleaning. Yeah, I know, because if I don't, you know, my teeth are rot or I might need a root canal or something like that. So we keep doing the cleanings. Mm-hmm. 
and keep preaching the same thing. Like, I don't know if your dentist does, but my dentist preaches like different things. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I know I'm doing it because I'm flossing because I know if I don't, I'm going to have a problem. Right. And to me, that's a pretty good analogy to what we do because for the most part, times are at least the last 10 years anyway, have been pretty tranquil, yeah. you know? We're preaching the same thing about, you know, our job is to make sure you never sell their, your stocks when they're low. And this is why we set up your portfolio that way. And, and everybody shakes their head. Yeah, yeah, that's good. But, it, it, you know, at the end of the day, until something really happens, you don't really, you know, that's when <laughs> that's when it all comes to yep. fruition. All right. So let's talk about the, the gist of this question, which is when should you sell stocks? Um, so I thought this article did a good job of breaking down the times when you should consider selling stocks. The first one should be obvious, and this is something that, you know, we as advisors do for our clients when you need to rebalance. Um, so, you know, case in point is 2019 was a great year to be an investor in stocks. You know, you had domestic stocks up 30%, you know, international small cap up 20 to 30%. Um, what should you have done after that big run-up and what did we do with clients? Well, we sold a little bit. You know, if you were in a 70-30 portfolio and you looked at it on January 1st, it wasn't 70-30 anymore. It was probably, you know, 73-27. Uh, and the natural thing you should do is rebalance, which involves selling some of those winners, in fact, selling the ones that are up the most and buying some of the the losers, which last year or earlier this year meant buying some bonds, taking some of those winnings off the table. I'm really glad that they call it rebalancing and they don't call it we're going to sell some when things are high and we're going to buy things some when <laughs> things are low. Because But rebalancing always sounds like, of course, rebalancing clients. Right. Is. If we did it, if it was called what it really is, then emotion would get involved. So I'm no, glad they yeah. call it rebalancing. If you called it Sell winners and buy losers. What are you talking about? Buy losers. Why, why am I going to buy a loser? I like that's the winners. I want to keep said, the winners. That's why, that's why we all brainstorm this. Oh, let's call it rebalancing. Yeah. Right. Like tires. Well, That'll work. And I mean, I, I, you know, we get this comment an awful lot. You know, when we're sitting down doing portfolio reviews and we're taking a look at a, a portfolio and we've got a diversified blend. And let's say it was 2019 and we've got large cap U.S. growth stocks up over 30%. And we've got emerging market stocks maybe up 18, 19%. We've got, uh, you know, bonds up 6 or 7%. And if, if we really said, okay, here's what rebalancing is, it's selling out of those large cap growth stocks that did so well and buying the bonds, People are going to say, no, are you crazy? Why, you know, why would I want to do that? I want to put more money in the growth stocks. Um, but that's, you know, that's not really the smartest right. long-term play there. Right. Um, you know, he puts here in the article, number two, when you need to diversify. And I, I mean, this is kind of a, a fundamental, <laughs> this is a fundamental idea that we always talk about is, Sure, you're in this accumulation phase. You're just worried about growing your money and you start to make this transition into I need to take money out of the portfolio. Well, your priorities have changed. And in that case, you don't want to be 100% in stocks. You want to have that cushion of cash or bonds. 
Um, so that's certainly a, a time you should consider selling. Um, the next one he puts in here, when you've been proven wrong about an investment thesis, um, I, I don't think this really applies as much to the work that we do, but I could certainly see this applying to an individual investor who maybe has a little bit of fun with their investments. And here's, right. here's what uh, an example that I thought of that, that, you know, might apply. Um, let's say in the depths of all of this, you said, you know what? I know that the travel industry is really battered. Um, but I think it'll come back and I'd like to put some money in, uh, cruise line stocks. Right. And you say, okay, I'm going to put some money in there. And then three or four months down the road, you see that, you know what? These cruise lines, they're bleeding money and, you know, they're, we're not going to be going back to cruising in the next couple of years. You've been proven wrong about your investment thesis. You originally thought, okay, it's going to turn around real quickly. And in my hypothetical scenario, it didn't turn out that way. Um, that's not the kind of stuff we do because that, that involves a whole lot more, uh, do I want to say guessing? You know, it involves <laughs> a whole lot more speculating. That's probably the nicer way of saying it. Um, right. but if you're somebody who's, you know, who's gambling a little, then, then you do want to, you do want to know when do you say, okay, I was wrong. I'm getting out of this. Yeah. Now, I'm glad we don't do things that way because it's very hard to know at any particular time if your thesis was wrong. I, oh, it's incredibly hard. I mean, how do you know, <laughs> you know, in the depths of things, you know, you could have, you could have bought these, my, go back to my example, you could have bought these cruise line stocks, you know, uh, the later part of February, early part of March. They might have gone down another 50%. Are you wrong at that point? Or is it just yet to play out? You know, it's, that's hard to know. Um, I like this one. Number four, you know, when should you sell stocks? When you've won the game, right? Now we talk about this an awful lot with, with clients about, you know, how greedy do we want to be? You know, if we're at a position in your portfolio, in your situation where we say, Gosh, we've achieved everything we want to achieve based on the assets that we have now. We could comfortably live. Do we need to take more risk? You know, what's the upside there? You know, okay, we take a little more risk and there's a possibility we could lose money and we're not going to be okay. So we're certainly proponents of if you've won that game, if you've basically figured out I've got enough money Maybe you could take your foot off the gas a little bit. Right. But, I, yeah, you're, but I would also say you don't always know if you've won the game. That's one of the reasons oh, no. we've always promoted long-term care insurance because if, God forbid, there's a situation that's going to cost you $150,000 a year, you're protected from that. But a lot of people, and even a lot of our clients, actually, they're either uninsurable or it was, you know, by the time they even knew about long-term care insurance, they work with us, whatever we met, it was too late. So right. it looks like you won the game, even in the software that we show. Because if you spend X amount, and in other words, we, we could show somebody something that says they're, they're currently spending $5,000 a month, but they could spend up to $10,000 a month. Well, right. if they're normally used to spending 5000 a month, and they have a bunch of money, they have a, a nice amount of, of assets, and they could spend ten thousand. They're never going to spend. We'll say, well, we're never going to spend ten thousand. We've won the game. Let's take our. But you know, if you don't have that long-term care insurance, you may have down the road 
a very expensive endeavor for one or both of you, in which case it made sense to, I'm not going to say put all your money in speculative stocks, but it made sense oh. to keep a, a portfolio that had stock in it preparing for something like long-term well, care. I always think it's a little tricky about winning the game, but you're right. There well, are other scenarios that, you know, that you can look at every, you know, every box is checked off. And then you have to ask yourself, why am I still in, why do I, do I need to be in, in risky investments? Yeah. And I mean, I, when I, when I put it that way to say you've won the game, you know, should you take your foot off the gas? I, I don't mean to imply that you're all of a sudden saying, you know what? I've got enough. Let's just get out of stocks entirely. Um, or, you know, risk-based assets, but it, it might be the kind of thing where you say, okay, you know what? I'm going to accept uh, an investment, you know, probably not going to get me 9% per year. Maybe it'll get me 6%, but it's not going to have those big losses, right? And, and, you know, you accept that you're not going to get quite as high of a rate of return because you don't need to. Um, you're already in a, a pretty good position there. Right. And I'd also tell people you might have already won the game. But you might like the game. So that's and that true. might not even be with us. That's the people we have clients who just like they have whatever money they have that they do their own stocks because right. they like it. It's fun for them. They're retired. They if we said you've won the game, you have to do that, they would they would say, Why? I like right. I like I call that the Michael Jordan thing. Like Michael Jordan doesn't have to go to Atlantic City to bet a lot of money. <laughs> you know, he's already a, a multi billionaire. But he likes to go to Atlantic City and bet money. Right. <laughs> and he doesn't care if he loses. But, you know, so again, like a lot of times when that's your passion, you might have already won the game and this might be stocks you're dealing with, but certainly do do it for your mental health. Stay in the game. All right. Now let's unpack number five, number five of the reasons when you should sell stocks. And I, I think this might be one of the more complicated ones. Um and I'll go into why, but the way they put it here, when you've determined your risk profile has changed, and they say also, you know, time horizon or circumstances. Okay, you know, if your time horizon or circumstances have changed, that's pretty straightforward. If you say, well, I was going to work five more years, but it looks like now I'm only going to work two more years or, or zero more years. Or, you know, the circumstances, um, you know, I now I've got to take care of an elderly relative. I've got extra expenses, whatever. Those are pretty cut and dry, but it's this risk profile changing that's really hard to, to nail down because we all go into things with a, a risk profile of, yeah, I'm a moderate investor. And then all of a sudden, when it's early part of March and stocks seem to be dropping 10% every day with no end in sight, and this is going to be the Great Depression 2.0, our risk tolerance tends to change. You know, and it's, I, I believe it was Mike Tyson said everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Um, <laughs> it, you know, and you get, that's what getting punched in the mouth is. So, yeah. And I don't think – now, it's one thing to be at the bottom of that and say, oh, my God, I, I got to get out of stocks. I think that's a big mistake. But now here we sit with the stock market mostly recovered, and now we're sitting here, and I don't think it's the worst thing to be reevaluating your risk profile and to say, listen, I said before that I was moderate aggressive, but you know, going through that, that's really changed my philosophy – Maybe I should be more of a moderate or maybe I should be, you know, a little bit more conservative. Making that decision, not during a time of crisis and panic, 
But making that decision when you're not forced to sell assets at a severe discount and and everything's relatively calm, I don't think that's a bad thing. And I don't think it's the worst thing to to use an event like this to kind of reevaluate your outlook and how you're going to feel in the future. Yeah, and, that's, and I would throw in that it helps to have a, a good financial advisor you're working with when you're making a decision like that, mainly because, you know, we could throw in there into the software. Hey, we make these changes. What will that look like in the long term? Right. You know, suppose the, you know, returns are normal or even below average, average, above. Well, this change we made, how's that going to affect my overall plan yeah. in the long haul? Yep. All right, so like I said, I'll post a link to that. Uh, Dave, did you want to hit on um, I did. your stuff? I did. This is extremely exciting. Well, All right. <laughs> it's not, but we're going uh, it's to... It's exciting. It's a work in progress, but exciting. For us. So basically, we are starting a newsletter, the Capital right. Retirement Strategies Newsletter. It doesn't actually have a title yet. That's how, <laughs> how in the initial phases we are of this, but it will. I don't know what we're going to, maybe we'll call it the Capital Retirement Strategies Newsletter. Maybe we'll call it something else. But we're doing a newsletter. It's going to be, I don't know if it's going to be a monthly newsletter. It'll at least be a once every six weeks newsletter. Okay. Um, and in it, we are, I, I, I don't know. I just sort of thought it's a good time for us to put together something that, you know, will allow, especially a lot of you listening who like to keep up on all of this kind of information involved in retirement and retirement planning and what's going on out there, I think it'll be, you know, an interesting publication. So we'll have, we're going to try to have as much original content as possible. Um, I know I'll be writing. So now during this COVID-19, I've had more time, a little more time to do things like write. And now that I've realized that writing's not horrible, and that I can write shorter things, not longer things. I mean, let me take that back. I, I think I'm a pretty good writer, but I'm yeah, a self-editor, and it drives me crazy. <laughs> but the more I do, the less I worry about that stuff, and I write shorter pieces. So I think that would be good. So we throw in some of these things for a newsletter. We're going to have a feature that is currently called the Retirement Gig Hall of Fame. I love it. Where I go, oh, I, I'm going to try to find people who their second job, which I'll try to find that second new career being in their 50s or older, has been mm -hmm. really cool. You probably right. Most of them will be famous people. Um, so we're going to throw that in. I'm letting you work on the question and answer yep. part. So, right. And that's one of the things I'm going to ask people listening in a second if they're interested and uh and then I think we'll throw in other things like a uh, little commercials for these podcasts that we do and what we'll what we're doing <clears throat> as far as upcoming podcasts or previous podcasts and we'll talk about our webinars. We've done one, but we're planning other ones and we'll have a little newsletter which I think will be interesting for people. But the reason I wanted to bring it up in the podcast is because if you listening out there have anything you'd like a a question you'd like answered and you might think other people have dealt with or been interested in or whatever having to do with all the stuff we talk about, or even a feature you'd like to see, or even an item you think would be good in a newsletter like that. I know we're going to have to send that stuff in. You know how to reach us. You know how yeah, to reach I... me, I think. You go to the website, planforlifenow.com or capitalretirement.com. We have two right. web addresses. Dave at capitalretirement.com is my email address, capital with a O. You know that. So basically, let's do that information. And what I'm going to put in is that if anyone, if you contribute something, whether it's a question or whatever we publish in this newsletter, 
we will give you I think we're allowed to do this. Are we allowed to do this? I think so. We will give you yeah, a $25 give. Amazon gift card for contributing to our publication. So I'm trying to make it interactive with our listeners and readers. No, absolutely. And people send, you know, people often kind of say, hey, I was reading this and send us articles and things like that. So we're hoping to get more of that where people, you know, find things that are interesting. I mean, Dave and I read a ton of different, um, you know, websites, newsletters, articles, things like that. But it's always good to get uh, to get feedback and interaction from from other people who are reading that stuff, or or even just dealing with this stuff in their real life. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about it. So hopefully, what do you think? In the next month or so, we'll have it out. Oh, it'll be it'll First be sooner edition. than that. Okay, it'll be sooner than that because I put together most of the content. Now all we have to do is have it designed and stuff like that. But there's a lot of professionals who are good at that. The yeah. content is, is the harder part. So yeah, I think certainly within the, the, this a month from when you're listening to this, certainly it will be out in a email that we send to you near you. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. Thank you. Uh, thank you for listening and we will check in again with you soon. Hopefully not too soon, because that probably means a lot more market volatility. <laughs> but soon. <laughs> <laughs>